Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Hopefully you guys are having a good time. I believe um, we say here so often, I think church is the place where we can do all these things. We could cry and we could laugh and we could dance and we could lay out. And I, I think there's no better place um, than this together. Amen? Um, when you're amongst families, when you're amongst families, um, we bother each other sometimes. When we're amongst family, we just love each other. When we're amongst family, all kinds of things take place amongst family. There's days, I'm sure, that when I was little, my sister just wanted to kill me. And then there was days where she just wanted to love me. And, and thank God, the loving days were more than the killing days. But, but I'm sure it's the same thing here. We're just family, and we could do things like this to, together. You guys look beautiful. You look wonderful. You did such a great job with your sweaters. We really hope you have an amazing Christmas. We just wanted to do something joyful, something different. Um, because we know that a lot of, it's crazy, it's supposed to be a time that we smile and we remember the real reason, but let's be very honest here. For, for many of us, this is a very hectic season. For many people, sorry, it's a very hectic season. For many people, it's last minute, it's anger, it's this. I mean, I had a guy who was two days ago, I'm with my whole family in the car and my windows were down because the weather has been great. Praise the Lord for the weather. And, um, and, and he just decides to, I'm blocking, I'm blocking the intersection, okay, it was traffic. De madre traffic, <laughs> to say these. And, uh, and, you know, my whole family's in the car, and he lowers the window, and he decides to tell me a night, uh, uh, some few words. But I want you to know that sanctification is happening in your pastor. I looked at him with the eyes of love, and I just pierced at him, and I just looked at him, and he kept on saying something to me. And I just kept looking at him, and, I, and then out of nowhere, a smile came out. <laughs> and Nancy goes, what did he say? I said, it doesn't matter. What did he say? I said, it doesn't matter. He goes, she, <laughs> and I just said, I did good, right? I did good, right? <laughs> and she says, uh, yeah, but what did he say? I said, I, it doesn't matter. I did good. He's lucky the kids were in the car. <laughs> but then Nancy is, um, the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, says, because she brings biblical context into the argument now. It shouldn't be about the kids in the car. It should be about the one that lives inside of your life, inside of your heart. So, you know, the smile of victory just turns into a uh, frown of defeat because my wife rebukes me. And, um, but she's absolutely right. And um, it's, <laughs> it shouldn't be about the kids. It should be about... Something more that's living inside. So we failed on, I failed, though I thought I won. But, uh, <laughs> but I know for, for many of us, man, it's just a crazy time for people. This is a hard time. We've lost loved ones. Um, some are sick. Some are lost. Have been, um, some have passed away. For some of us, it could be lonely. It could be all these different things. But we want to believe that God would fill all the void, that Jesus would fill all the emptiness, that Jesus would bring glory and happiness and a smile um, to that which maybe feels void. Amen. Praise God. Let's go and praise one more time. He deserves it. He's worthy. Amen. Guys, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. I'm going to be as uh, quick as possible. I know you have to um, um, wrap stuff and um, you have to go um, 
send letters to Santa and stuff like that, if you guys do that. And um, here we go. Today's message is titled, write this down, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's today's message. It's titled Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And um, I just want to share with you a little bit about that, about those words, about that phrase, about what this is all about. Merry Christmas. Simple. And, and it feels like, seriously, it feels like it was yesterday um, when we were welcoming Christmas. Like, how did we get here so fast? How many of you feel like that? I can't be the only one. This is crazy. You know, the days come by so fast. The years passed us. And um, this year truly passes. I can't believe that next Sunday is our last Sunday. Um, it's, it's, un, it's unreal sometimes when you think about it. I wrote this down, and I, and I believe this, that time truly is not a respecter of persons. Time ain't waiting for anyone. Time's not slowing down for anyone. I mean, unless we got some Joshua in us and we could tell the sun to stand still and, and the Lord does some these miracles. But this time is like I'm going, and I'm going somewhere. And, and um, we just get caught up in this stuff, and, and, it, and it flies, and, and it's crazy to see where we're at and, 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 and how things are moving. But I'm reminded as we end another year, and this is a perfect time to share the scripture, as we get ready to end another year and as we're in the Christmas um, season, um, that Ecclesiastes does a good job to tell us that to everything there is a season. To everything there is a season and there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes does such a good job. And you may feel like you don't have much time for, for, for many things. So how, seriously, how many of you are not done yet shopping for Christmas? That's a lot of hands. And notice, the people that are thinking about lying, their hands are going up a little bit slower, but they're getting there. <laughs> You're still not finished. Many of you are still not finished shopping for Christmas. You guys know tomorrow, since we're in Hialeah, you know tomorrow's Noche Buena, right? You guys know tomorrow's Eve. And, um, and I'm sure today Nancy has plans. Without a doubt, I'm sure she has plans to stay home with the kids real quick. I have to go finish some last minute things. I'm sure there's plans in my house today. But you probably feel like, man, I just don't have time. I don't have time for, for much. Time is just passing quickly. But at some point throughout this year that is passed um, it's, and quickly passing, we may have experienced some similarities um, to what is spoken in chapter 3 of the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm just going to read it, something that you're probably familiar with. It says this. I'm going to read chapter 3, verses 1 on. Just listen to this. It should hit home. In one of the lines, one of the verses, one of the things should should hit home. It says this. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a, and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. You, you read... Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. The next two weekends are busy weekends as we are entering and exiting Christmas and entering the end of the year into a new year. But yet, we look at these next two weekends 
and, and truly these, these next two weekends or these next two weeks are a time of reflection as well. They're a time of reflection. I love that Marty said, well, Angel said I could tell you everything that happened throughout the year. That's good. You know, reflection and evaluation, it's a biblical thing to do. It's good to evaluate. And it's good to reflect. And, and next Sunday, our last Sunday of 2018, think about how did that year go? What are you going to do going forward in the new year? And we reflect, man, we reflect on this year that has passed us. And we find some of the things that are written here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Think about what we said, a time to be born and a time to die. Some of us in this family have experienced those two things. Some of you have experienced a, a combination of both of them. But, but some of you experience a time of death. And some of you experience a time to be born in your family. And, and that's just the reality of life. For some, a time to be born and, and others, a time to die, a time to weep. Many of you have probably weeped throughout this year and a time to laugh. Some of you has been a year of laughter maybe, maybe both again. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to gain and a time to lose. Think about how this makes sense to your personal lives as the year is coming to an end. As we stop and we say, wait, Merry Christmas, how did my year go? Merry Christmas, where am I at this Christmas in comparison to last year's Christmas? What has, what has happened throughout this time? And you could, you could really, uh, if, you, if, you, if you open up your heart and you open up your mind, you'll relate to this passage. And whatever this year brought and whatever the new year brings, may we never be taken back from time and lose understanding of what this season reminds us of. Amen? May we never lose what the season reminds us of. The holiday season is about Merry Christmas. That's what this stuff is about. During Thanksgiving, we expounded on the word Mary. We, we, we went into the word Mary and we went into it on, on the day of Thanks a lot, and we went into it in the next Sunday. But, but what is Merry Christmas? And we should know this, that Merry Christmas is not about a day or a season, but it's about a faith and it's a knowledge and an encounter that has transformed your life forever. That's what Merry Christmas is. It's not about an, an event a long time ago. Merry Christmas, it's a continual event that remains occurring in each believer's life. Amen. That's what Christmas is. Merry Christmas. What does that mean to you? It's happening inside of me still. And it'll happen in February inside of me still. And it'll happen to me in July inside of me still. And it'll happen in August inside of me still. Because Merry Christmas is about that. It's a faith, it's a knowledge, it's an encounter, and it's a continual event that is growing and still happening in my heart. How many of you could agree with me and say, me too? And I would say, as we look at Merry Christmas, and I look at Scripture and, and I wanted to, I've known for a while, I wanted to share this message to you guys. I would say that until the days of John the Baptist, and hear me closely, Christmas maybe was not known, I could say. Until the days of John the Baptist, Christmas was not known, or, or Christmas was not experienced, was not known, was not experienced. And, and we can look at this well and say, well, we know that it was spoken to a young couple named Mary and Joseph, that we know. We know that it became present on that day in Bethlehem in a manger. We know those things biblically. We get it. <clears throat> and we see in Matthew chapter 1, 
exactly what the prophet Isaiah is saying in chapter 7:14. And Matthew 1, as it speaks about the birth of Jesus, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, as it's fulfilling the prophet Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, look what it says. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And here we have it. Matthew chapter 123, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And what do we have? We are introduced to Christmas himself. We're introduced to Christmas himself. That on that day in Bethlehem, Merry Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what happened on Bethlehem. Christmas happened. Merry Christmas is a humbling reminder. If you're taking notes, you should know that. Merry Christmas, when, when we say it flippantly or when we sing a song, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We understand that, that those words, Merry Christmas, should be a reminder that humbles us because it's about what we could never do and never gain. So we come now to the feet of Jesus. We come to his feet with the understanding of all that he has done and all that he continues to offer. That's Merry Christmas. That's what it's about. And I want to drive this home before you go and you get your food ready and you get your presents and, and, and you guys will wait under the tree and, and you guys do all these things and you guys celebrate with friends and family. I want to drive this thought home that, that for many people, for many, their lives are, 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 are made to do all that they can, all that they can so that they can attain the kingdom of heaven one day. Many people live like that. What do I have to do? Where do I have to go? What do I have to say? How do I have to behave? Behavior modification and things like this. What is it inside of me so that, so that I could receive heaven one day? What, what do I have to do? But I want us to know that if you're of this house and you're under this teaching, it's not like that with us. We don't have to do much or anything because we can live our very lives today with the understanding that we've already attained the kingdom of heaven in our lives. There's not much that I can do away from everything that he has already done. How many of you can say amen? And we read in Matthew, and we're introduced to, uh, I think the best way to start this off is we're introduced to the ministry of John the Baptist. And, and what an amazing individual this was. Jesus himself said that John the Baptist was the greatest man to be born of a woman. I mean, he's an, an amazing individual, and, and he's preaching in the wilderness. We know that. And he's preparing the path of the Lord. He's making straight the path that Jesus now is to take. He is the forerunner. And the king, Jesus, will follow that which Matthew made straight. I need you, I mean, forgive me, that which John the Baptist made straight. And that's the ministry as they correlate and as they're linked to one another. And the base of his ministry, the foundation of his preaching. Do you guys know what the foundation of John the Baptist's preaching is? Do you know what the base of his ministry is? Matthew chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. It says, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea verse 2. And saying what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist is preaching in the wilderness and the message that he's preaching and the word in which he is declaring, it's a continual repent, 
Repent. Say that with me. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. Say repent one more time. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you look at John the Baptist. And you look at his ministry. You look at his preaching. And Jesus steps into the scene. And he picks up exactly where John the Baptist leaves off. He picks it up where John the Baptist leaves it for him. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll show you what I mean. I'm going to move a page to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew 4, verses 12 and 13, and I'll skip to 17. I have to build a foundation to get to my point here. It says this about Jesus. And now when Jesus heard that John, being John the Baptist, had been put in prison, it's the start of his ministry. He departed to Galilee, which would be the center focus of his ministry. Leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum. Capernaum, more or less, was the headquarters of Jesus' ministry. It says, as he comes to Capernaum, which is by the sea, look at verse 17. From that time, Jesus, what does he begin to preach? What does he begin to say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Two men in the New Testament. John the Baptist's ministry, repent for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus steps into the scene, same message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen, both men, both men are key figures in the gospels. Obviously, Jesus is. Both men, key figures in the gospels. Key figures in the New Testament. Both are key figures in Old Testament prophecies. Both are obviously are key figures to Israel and to all of humanity as we read about their ministry and about their preaching. And then the last thing, both are coming with the same message, which is to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen to this. The kingdom of heaven, if you're taking notes, you should write this. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. It is referring to something that is great. It's referring to God's heavenly kingdom. And it's coming down to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. So when John the Baptist says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus is saying repent for the kingdom of heaven at hand. It is, it is this truth now that is being revealed to all the audience. That, that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. That phrase is referring now that God's heavenly kingdom is coming. And when Jesus steps in it has arrived in person in full form. And its name is Jesus Christ. So let's get into this message and let's get into this word repent for a moment. The word repent means this. It means to change your attitude. It means to change your outlook. It means this one, ready? To turn from your sins. To turn from your sins will change your outlook and will change your attitude. Because most of the times it's a sinful heart that is causing you to have that attitude. And it's a sinful heart that is causing you to have that outlook. Turn from your sin, repent. As one commentator puts it, the basic idea is a reversal of thinking which changes one's life. The basic idea is a reversal of thinking which changes one's life. Amen. To, to turn from one way of thinking or living to a whole different way. Think about that for a moment. When John the Baptist is there eating grasshoppers and, 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 and sipping up some honey and baptizing people and dressed up in camel's hair. And he's saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Think about what the word repent means. 
Think about that, what he's telling his audience is, turn away from your sin. I'm not necessarily here in the wilderness to necessarily make you feel good. I'm actually to trying to make you be good. And the way to your goodness is to turn away from your sin because God is coming, man. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent from your attitude. Repent from your outlook. How do I repent? By turning from your sin. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Think about what that message means. Think about what that stuff was, was declaring. That we can easily, man, we can easily say that without true repentance, the kingdom of heaven cannot be received. Without true repentance, we can't receive the kingdom of heaven. They outside these walls will never be able to receive the kingdom of heaven without true repentance. I don't care how good they are, how much money they gave to the poor, and how many trees they save from getting cut down. The reality is, is this, if I don't repent and turn from my sins, I'll never have heaven live inside of me. That's a biblical truth. But I'm a good person. No man is good. Inside of us, there's that thought that right there did not make you good. I mean, we, we, we've all fallen short. Listen, there is no attaining. There is no attaining the lifestyle. We, we learned this, this wordage in our midweek this last Wednesday. We had an awesome Bible study. But there is no attaining the lifestyle, the principles, the truths of the kingdom without the necessary requirement, which is to repent. Amen. I'll say it for you. I'll say it again, actually. There is no attaining the lifestyle, the principles, and the truths of the kingdom without the necessary requirement, which is to repent. It's repent. So Peter, as Peter is preaching to the religious leaders in the temple, sometime later, he approaches them in their sin. And as he's approaching them in their sin, look what Peter tells them. I'm going to read just Acts 13 and 19, 19 and 20. It says, Peter to the religious leaders in the temple says, now repent of your sins and what? Turn to God. He's giving you the word and the definition. <laughs> repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away and times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. What is he saying? You want to have Merry Christmas? You want to know what Christmas is about? And he's giving them the introduction. That Jesus would be given. Refreshment would come from his presence. That heaven would be given to us. But it comes from following the act of repentance. It's from that place. Let's read another um, apostle. Paul puts it this way. That there is a need, right? There's a need for all people to repent. Both Gentiles and Jews. And in Romans 10, verses 9 through 11. Listen to Paul's words. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So you have these men. You have these apostles who go on to write some of the greatest words written by man. Words that will give us instruction. Words that will give us our teachings. Words in which the doctrine that the church would be established upon, upon their words. Think about that. Peter and, and Paul even specifically. 
And it's the message of repentance. But watch, watch what I'm about to tell you. It is the same message that others before Paul and others before Peter were preaching. It's, it's, it's what John the Baptist established his ministry on. It's the same message that Jesus Christ, our Messiah, would preach throughout his ministry. And I tell you that this is Christmas. Merry Christmas is about heaven coming to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, calling all men to repent so that heaven can finally get into them. Remember how I started. Many people live their lives trying to get there. And Jesus is saying, let me do the work through repentance that allows that to get there. Come on, I saved you a dilemma. I saved you condemnation. I saved you from constantly drilling yourself or falling short. Christmas is about heaven coming to us because it first, and us getting to heaven because heaven first came to us in Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's about what John the Baptist says when he sees Jesus for the first time. Jesus walks into the scene. He's baptizing people. And John the Baptist has been warning them. There's one that is coming behind me. I'm warning you. When he comes, be ready. And in John 1.29, it says the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. And what does he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know what John the Baptist was saying on this day specifically in layman's terms? It's almost as if he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Heaven has arrived on earth. Heaven has arrived. He's baptizing people. He's out in the wilderness. There's a mass crowd of people listening to his every word. People are even asking John the Baptist questions. Are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Who do we go back to the temple and tell the religious leaders that you are? And John the Baptist says things like, just tell them that I'm just a voice. Crying out in the wilderness, I'm making straight the pathway of the Lord. And, and they were trying to figure out who John the Baptist was. And as one day as he's in ministry, Jesus walks into the scene, appears himself before John the Baptist so that he himself could be water baptized. And John the Baptist, next to all of his disciples, in front of all the audience and all the multitude of people that have been following his ministry, points to Jesus. And he says, here he is, he says. Here he is. Behold him. Behold him. Look at him. Behold him. The Lamb of God is here. And he's going to take away the sin of the world. And that is the message of Christmas. The lamb is here. The lamb has arrived. Heaven has fallen on earth through Jesus Christ our Lord. What do we do, John the Baptist? What do we do? Jesus is over there on the other side and his numbers are growing and our numbers are shrinking and we don't know what to do, John the Baptist. We must come with a new strategy. We must build something better. We must do And John the Baptist says, do you not know that I must decrease so that he could increase? Let heaven increase through my decrease of repentance. When he's in jail, he sends his disciples and his disciples go to Jesus and say, hey, John's in jail and he wants to make sure that you know that, he, that you are who you are. Who do I tell him you are? And Jesus says, who are you going to tell him? He says, I don't, I don't have to say anything. Look around and tell him what you see. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. And they go back to John the Baptist and they say, so what did he say? Who is he? He didn't tell me. But we know that the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. And what is happening is heaven is on earth. Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas. Heaven's on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, the one that I sp spoke to you about. Merry Christmas. Think about that. Merry Christmas. Heaven's here. God's greatest gift to humanity in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. That should do something inside of you. Many try to be politically correct and they say happy holidays. Bless their souls, they'll get fired if they don't. Some of them have been very relieved when you look at them back and say Merry Christmas. They smile back at you. <laughs> They're like, thank you. And they say happy holidays. But what's worse than that is that many say Merry Christmas and they celebrate it and they give gifts and they receive gifts, etc., etc. And, and, and I want to make sure, I, I feel like God really put this in my heart and I want to, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. They celebrate Christmas, not holidays, just Christmas. That might be worse than just saying happy holidays, that they're celebrating Christmas. Not that they're celebrating the holidays, but that they're celebrating Christmas without knowing what Christmas is truly all about in its truest form. Many are saying happy holidays, but worse than them, many are saying Merry Christmas and don't even have an idea and a drop of what they're confessing when they say Merry Christmas. Listen, I'm walking into people's lives this year and say Merry Christmas, but that's more like a prophecy. <laughs> May Christmas be merry in your heart is what I'm telling them. I'm almost prophesying to them, Merry Christmas in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, you just decide. You decide at that point to become Pentecostal. <laughs> Prophesy that to your life at that point. So beautiful, but it is. It's a reminder to us, Amen. Without knowing Christmas in its truest form. What's worse? Happy holidays or a Merry Christmas. And yet they don't know Christmas in its truest form. And here's what I wrote. It's only Merry when it comes from a place of continual repentant, of a continual repentant heart, which allows us to experience the Merry of Christmas, not just in a season of the year, but in every season of your year. I'm going to read it one more time because it really meant a lot to me when I wrote it. I wrote it and I read it like a hundred times. I'm not even lying. Merry Christmas without knowing what Christmas is in its truest form. It is only merry when it comes from a place of a continual repentant heart, which allows us to experience the merry of Christmas, not just in a season of the year, but in every season of the year. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. So as we started off in the beginning, don't get distracted. Just look, look up here, open your ears because I want to end it well. And I want to make sure you get going onto your Christmas time the right way. As we started off in the beginning, pay attention to these words. As we started off in the beginning, to everything there is a season, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. In everything... Or to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Remember that? To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. 
there is a season. There is a season for everything. Come on. There is a season for everything. Listen to that. There is a season for everything. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So I tell you that there is a season for everything. But there is one that remains with us in every season that life might bring. Merry Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. It's about that phrase. It's about Merry Christmas. It's about Emmanuel. It's about God with us in every season under, under the heavens, under the sun. As I said earlier, Christmas is not about an event that happened a long time ago. And we don't necessarily, and I'm not against it, but we don't have one up here, a manger and none of that. But we know that our Savior didn't stay as a child. He walked into the wilderness as a man. And that man was called the Lamb of God. He was on that cross as Isaiah prophesied that he would be as a lamb led to a slaughter. I know that's Easter, but, but it's also Christmas. It's also Christmas. It's Christmas. So I'm talking about today. It's all about Christmas. God with us. It's not an event. It's a continual event. It's a, con let me change the word. It's a continual occurrence. Better. It's an, a continual occurrence in each believer's life. How was your Christmas? Are you talking about December 25th or are you talking about August 15th? Does that make sense to any of you today? How was your Christmas? You talking about when the jolly man came down the chimney? Or are you talking about every other day of the year? That Christmas Emmanuel, God with me is inside. Continually working through this repentant heart. What day are you talking about? Because to us now, Christmas is not about Tuesday. Christmas is about the rest of the year and the next year. Christmas is Emmanuel. Christmas is God with us through a heart that continues to live repentant under him. So you may feel like you're down and you're out and you're deflated and you're conquered. Part of you is going to have to make a decision right now. Like Christmas. Not your circumstances. I'm not talking about your circumstances. I'm just talking about Christmas. Christmas amongst your circumstances. Some of you feel conquered. But this is the reason for Christmas to get picked up. I thought about the word ascension and I thought about his descent. And I wrote this down. Ascend from the place of defeat. Ascend from the place of hopelessness. Your ascension is here. Think about ascension. You're rising up. You're being lifted up. You're mountaintop. Your ascension is here. It has arrived because it's been initiated first by his descent. My ascension is possible because he first descended and he came to me. 
So now what do you do? I follow the book of Ephesians. I follow the scriptures. That I, how, much, how longer should we preach this here? So now I ascend and I sit in high places with Jesus, my Lord, who caused me to reign with him. Where does that come from? Where does that, where does that authority come from? From the place where he first descended. He descended and spoke to me and won me and loved me. Your ascension is here if you're down. Your ascension is here if you're defeated, if you're hopeless. When John the Baptist said these words, <clears throat> it was a revelation to be received on that day by his audience. When John the Baptist said these words, it meant something different some 2,000 plus years ago than it does today at the end of 2018. Trust me, because we've been so numb to this. It's sad that we're numb to the word of God. It really is. That's probably the greatest prayer you could pray going into the new year. Lord, don't make me numb. Teach me how to cry over your word again. If the word has become numb to you, you're at a dangerous place. Teach me how to read and, and feel the pounding of my heart like when I first came to that love. When John the Baptist said these words thousands of years ago, it wasn't, trust me, it didn't have the same meaning it should. But it doesn't feel like it has the same meaning like if we say it today in this place. But when he points to Jesus and he tells his audience to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. <clears throat> Can you imagine what that meant in John the Baptist's day? Isaiah 35, I read it last Sunday during worship. I want to read it one more time. I feel like it's fitting for today. As Isaiah does such a good job, constantly prophesying of the coming Messiah. And these words are words of Jesus. Okay, let's get in the spirit. These words are words of Emmanuel. These are the words of Christmas. These are the words in, that Isaiah says in chapter 35 of God with us. And he says this. I hope this really strikes and nails, puts the nail in the coffin for you today. He says, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. <clears throat> Behold, your God will come with vengeance with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the death shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. I love this. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. And that's, I feel like that's ascension. All this stuff is ascension. Because he descended. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. And the highway of holiness is none other than Jesus himself. Hallelujah. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. I almost want to say the unclean, the unrepentant shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those who are repented, have repented hearts. Whoever walks the road all the way full, amen. Hey, I can say it. Jacob called himself, God called Jacob a worm. I could call myself a fool. Paul called himself, we're just fools. For Christ's sake, I'm a spectacle. 
So I could say, I could share the words of Paul and say, I too am a fool. A fool for Jesus. Whoever walks the road all the way fool shall not go astray. No lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there. Verse 10. I underlined it. I highlighted this. And the ransom of the Lord shall return. And they shall come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sign shall flee away. Merry Christmas. It's only possible in Christmas. It's only possible in Emmanuel. It's only possible in God with us. Amen. So I end with this. No Christmas in its truest form. No Christmas in its truest form. It's only Mary when it comes from a place of a continual repentant heart which allows you to experience the Mary of Christmas. Not just in a season of the year, but in every season of the year. Merry Christmas. Behold the Lamb of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Can you stand with me? Close your eyes there if you want. And Reflect on your life there. Meditate real quick on your heart there, on your soul. And Lord, I thank you for this joyous time we've had today. We've laughed and we've eaten, we've sung, we've... But Lord, we thank you for this portion of your word. That we never take the merry out of Christmas recognize that there's only one way where it can become merry I pray Lord God that Christmas is not just a holiday that passes for any of us but that Christmas would be a continual occurrence in every each and every one of our lives transform us all in your power and your word that we never be the same because of Emmanuel, God who is with us. We love you for today. We thank you, Lord. You're such a good God. I want you to close your eyes. I won't ask you to raise your hand today. I'm not going to ask you to come up here to the front and we're going to pray for you or none of that. If you want to come up after and see one of us, we'll pray for you. But, but right there where you're at, with your eye closed, just examining yourself, music is playing over you today you know where you're at you know where you stand you know what this year has done to you and for you what you've done for it and in it and today if you're lacking the Mary in Christmas today if you're lacking Emmanuel God with you in this time so that it would not just be for Tuesday, but it would be for the rest of your life experiencing Emmanuel, God, with you. That in every season, as we in Ecclesiastes 3, Lord God, in every season, Lord, that there would be one that is in those seasons with us. Lord, I pray for the one right now who's 
examining their heart and recognizes that today they need to come before you and for the rest of their lives with a repentant heart, a heart that is constantly repenting before you so that Christmas, that heaven could come alive in them. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven stands before you. The Lamb of God, Emmanuel. Merry Christmas. Lord, touch their hearts. Let them decide today to live repentant that they would find the joy in it all. In every season that they would find God with them in all of it. Come on, let that minister to you as we just have this music play over you for, for a little while longer. 